Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Well, we're now in week 22 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. We're closing in on a new year and all that brings with the new stuff. And, uh, you know, the the thing about living life is that I've found that living for Christ is is not a sprint. You know, it's it's a matter of getting out there and getting it done. And so, and it's day after day. Faithfulness throughout our lives has much to do with how we're living today. And I believe, Pastor Tommy, that God has a strong affinity to those who are faithful. And, and if, if the Christian life is not a sprint, then it's probably closer to a marathon, right? Wouldn't it you say that? It is definitely closer to a marathon. It is a daily challenge. It is a daily uh, grind. Uh, some days are better than others, obviously, but it certainly is not a sprint. I, I've ran a few half marathons, Trey, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of training. It takes a, the, just a, the discipline of getting up every day and getting after it, right? Well, what would happen if you just showed up one day and hadn't trained at all? It would, be a, said, it would be a horrible marathon to run if I had not trained at all. That and, is for sure. And yet we both know people that have pulled that stunt, yeah, don't we? Yeah, they yeah, just yeah. say, well, I'm going to go run that thing, see yeah. how it goes. Yeah, and you usually end up uh, injured and half dead. It's not <laughs> exactly. a good thing. So so let me ask you a question, Trey, because you and I had very different weekends, I think, uh, in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, your weekend was probably a little better than mine because your football team won their championship in their division. They did. It was now, exciting. Now, Clemson didn't play anybody all year long. They didn't. They did not play anybody by all admi- long, but but by but, admission, but they won, right? And so my football team, Georgia, they did not win. They got blown out by LSU. It was a sad weekend. Who became the number one team in the country? Well, they so. should be. I mean, if you can beat Georgia, you must be the number one team in the Oops. country, right? I wouldn't disagree. <laughs> I would not disagree. So, so here's the question, though: You've been a Clemson fan for how long? Uh, probably since I was eleven or twelve. So most of your life, mm-hmm. that's been eleven or twelve. That's been sixty or seventy years ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that long, but yeah, it's been a long time. You've been a Clemson fan, a diehard Clemson fan. I mean, I, I see you wear your ugly orange sweatshirts, and yes. uh, they just don't look good on you and all that kind of stuff. But you've been a Clemson fan for a very long time. So here, here's my question. What would it take for you to not be a Clemson fan any longer? Oh, my heavens, because we've been through some tough years. You what have. would it take? Uh, I, I just don't, I don't know that you could switch me at this point. I'm just too old. I've been through it through too much. I've been there for the long haul, so. So you've been there for the long haul, and yeah. no matter if they win or lose, you're probably going to stay a Clemson fan. I might be mad, but I'll you might be mad, stay. right? Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of mad right now. Georgia <laughs> didn't get to the uh, the playoffs, and you know, but you know what? Next year, I'm not going to be a Clemson fan. I know. I I'm know. just not changing my loyalty. I mean, I like you, you I, I grew up a Georgia fan. Man, when I was growing up, my dad had season tickets to Georgia games. We'd go every time they were in Athens, we'd go to the home games. and we, that, that was what we did. So I grew up a Georgia fan like you, went through some good years and bad years, and, and that's where my loyalty lies. I'm mm-hmm. not changing. You know, I think it's, it's because we've been faithful to those teams right. over, our, over our lives. Yeah, so let me ask you this question. Sure. What would it take for you to change your loyalty to Jesus? Well, uh, there would never be. It would yeah. never happen, yeah. never. Yeah. I would, you know, I, I hope that I would die for him if that ever came to that yeah. point. But. Yeah, yeah, because you've discovered something in your life, like I have, mm-hmm. that has caused you to desire to be faithful to Jesus, 
not for a season, but over the long exactly. haul. Exactly. Right? No matter what, no matter what comes, no matter what happens. It's but not he, like you turn away. Right. But here's what you and I know. We know that there are people, right? Many people mm-hmm. who choose Jesus only for a season. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that not Who true? don't follow through Heartbreaking, for the but long true. haul. You've been pastoring for over 25 years. I've been pastoring about 16 years, and we've seen it in our congregations. Mm-hmm. We've seen people who started well, mm-hmm. but didn't finish mm-hmm. well, right? And so so that's what we want to talk about today, Trey. Yeah, I think it would be good if we could talk about some ways that we could stay faithful over the long haul. Maybe how do we stay faithful over the long haul? How about you'll do three ways yeah. today? And we've got someone here to help us, someone who has stayed faithful over the long haul. And that's what I admire about you, Trey, and what I admire about uh, our guest as well. So, so, Trey, you're a good example of someone who has stayed faithful over the long haul. You've been... You served as a pastor for over 25 years. You're still ministering. You're still walking faithfully with Jesus. You've you've raised a family that's walking faithfully with Jesus. You're a good example of someone who stayed faithful over the long haul, and our guest is as well. We have with us the former pastor of Northwood Baptist, the one who I followed. I am walking in his footsteps. That's right. We have Sonny Holmes with us. Sonny, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. And Sonny is a great example of someone who has stayed faithful to the Lord and faithful in ministry over the long haul. Uh, Sonny, how long were you in full-time ministry? Well, I was just looking uh, this morning. I was ordained on June the 1st, 1980. I was two years old. And I was a pastor of a church. They had just called me to be their pastor at Woodland Baptist Church in mm. Wake Forest, North Carolina. Wake Forest. And uh, I had not ever been ordained, so they, wow. they ordained me. And wow. I, 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 ran, I keep a little book on my desk that one of the members gave me for that day. So this year will be 40 years. 40 wow. Years. 40 wow. years. That's, That's great. awesome. So you were here at Northwood. You retired from Northwood in what year? I guess that was 2015, 2016? Yeah. 2015. 2015. Mm-hmm. You were here for 13 years at Northwood. Years. Wow. Before that, you served Incredible. with our state convention. Before that, you were pastor of... First Baptist Goose Creek? I was pastor at Hampton Heights Baptist Church okay. in Greenville for 15 years. Okay, okay. Then First Baptist Goose Creek for four years, then okay. to Woodland Baptist Church in okay. Wake Forest. And while you were here, you had some unique challenges, but still through those unique challenges, you stayed faithful to the ministry here, and you stayed faithful to the calling of God in your life and your walk with Him. I mean, some very unique challenges. You came here, and shortly after you came here, you were diagnosed with cancer. That was correct. Mm. I had and stage four bladder cancer, mm-hmm. um, car- carcinoma, and um, the congregation was fabulous, but they got us, God got us through yeah, it, yeah. and we're, I'm still here. So. Amen. And then Amen. towards the end of your ministry, you tragically lost your son. That's mm-hmm. correct. And so, so you had some significant times of trials and struggles in your ministry, particularly at Northwood, but in the midst of that, you chose to stay faithful. That is correct. So that's what we talk about. We want to, to pick Sonny's brain a bit today and Talk about how we can stay faithful. Well, if we're going to stay faithful, uh, you know, I think one of the, and I think everybody here agrees on this. It's it, it is about scripture. So I think uh, number one, we got to be guided by scripture to stay focused. Wouldn't you say, Sonny? I would say that is very true. And um, my concern has been for a number of years is the dropout rate. Mm in the Christian world. And mm-hmm. I'm not talking about, it's, it's large in the pastoral world, mm-hmm. 250 to 300 pastors drop out. Yeah, every I remember when month. I was in seminary, and maybe yeah. you guys remember this too, when I was in seminary, I remember be, being told like the first day of class, the professor looked at us, uh, future pastors, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, something like 70 to 80% of you will not retire that in ministry. Correct. That is correct. My professor actually said the number, he said, there's 30 of us in here, there's only going to be, Yeah. The, I can't remember the numbers, but he said only, only, 15 of you will remain. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. A couple of years ago, I did some of the research about that and 
they were people were reporting huge numbers like mm-hmm. 1500 a month but mm-hmm. it's not quite that that much most pastors aren't quitters yeah. and most mm-hmm. pastors are in it for the long haul as yeah. you're talking about and um so it's about 250 300 a month today Still. but that's mm-hmm. not that's not even that doesn't even hold a, can, a, a, a a small percentage of the number of christians who walk out the back door yeah. every week yeah. and mm-hmm. it's just a it's an amazing and hard uh, reality and i think scripture helps us uh, keep ourselves on focus and, and on point, mm-hmm. whether you're a pastor, uh, especially if you're a pastor yes. or a church member. Of course. And, um, uh, and, I, and, and there are three scriptures that I've always used. Can I share those? Sure, uh, please, please do. do. When I was a seminary student, I pastored my first church. One of my seminary professors, he was a little more moderate than I would have been in my theology, but he sat me down and he said, here's a couple things you need to do right up front. He said, you need to have a life Bible verse. Mm-hmm. You need to have a, a ministry Bible verse. And you need to have a, a Bible verse that expresses and, and challenges your passions in life. Wow. So hanging over my desk for the last 40 years since I was a pastor have been these three Bible verses. They, uh, now, they're not in the same frame as they were to start with. Mm-hmm. But they are the, my life verse. It's Psalm 41 through 3. Can I, can I just quote Please it? Please do. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of a slimy pit. Out of the mud and the mire, he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Amen. He put a new song in my my mouth, a hymn of mm. praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Mm. Amen. This verse came to me. Harry and I were struggling. I was a, I worked for a bank for six years, and I was chief financial officer of a hospital, large hospital. We were struggling with a call to the ministry, and one night we turned on the TV, and there was a guy. It was a movie, some old movie back in the old days. And this guy was head cancer. He's in the hospital. He reached over to his bed, bedside table and took the Gideon Bible out of it and opened it. And that was the verse. Wow. Mm-hmm. And we said, that's our verse right there. Mm-hmm. We've been waiting and trying to decide what to do. And the very next week, we surrendered, packed, mm-hmm. sold our house, packed up, moved to Wake Forest, and began our ministry. So that, wow. that verse became our life verse. And every time I would get a little bit uh, challenged, and ministry is challenging, parenting is challenging. Husband and wife work is challenging. Uh, it, it's all there. And every time I get a little challenged, I go, I go to that verse that says, many will see it and uh, fear and put their trust in the Lord. That, that God entrusted that to me mm-hmm. as a calling mm-hmm. and that I just need to be reminded that, that one of my purposes this life first Amen. is to put a new song in my heart and many will see it and mm-hmm. trust in the Lord. Amen. So, that, so that, that's just one Bible verse. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Great impact. Like yes. The second one was one that, that I was given. I, he told me I needed to figure out what my ministry was going to be. Mm-hmm. You, you need to have some idea. I said, well, I'm going to be a pastor. He said, well, you need to decide some, some idea of what your pastoring role is going to be. Because back then we had guys who were more evangelical, guys who were more discipleship, mm-hmm. church growth. We had rural churches, mm-hmm. uh, urban churches, uh, suburban churches. We had church plants. We had all this kind of stuff. And so we prayed, 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 and prayed, and prayed. I need a ministry verse. I need mm-hmm. something that's going to define what my ministry is. So here it is. This is Ephesians three eighty nine. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God and who created all things. Mm-hmm. I, I think that my calling was to make plain to everyone mm. the administration of this gospel, of this mystery, and to, to explain to people what it is. And, and, and as a commoner uh, and not a very intellectual person, I can do that uh, for mm-hmm. the average guy. Brother, I guess you know this, but I was here at, Northwood a year while you were here, mm-hmm. 
and uh, he always blessed us every week, well, you know, and it was, it was simple, but it's profound. Mm. And I think that's, that's exactly what that verse is saying. But I think when people start losing their focus uh-huh. and for a lot of reasons, I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people, you drop out of church for a lot of reasons and when you start losing your focus about your, your Christian life. And to me, church is central to your Christian life. Mm-hmm. How can you love Jesus and not love his, his church? And so, so, uh, and I think when you start losing a little bit of focus, if you have these verses, a, a life verse, a ministry verse, it kind of points you, here's what That's you're right. supposed to be about. Good. And Good. it gives you a little uh, greater sense about what my role is and where I fit and how I operate. Amen. The third one is what I call my passion verse. Oh, good. Let's hear this one. And he told me that day, this guy's name was uh, Tom Graves, and he told me that day, he said, you need something that's going to let you always remind you what your real passion mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And this is it, Psalm 71, 18. Even when I'm old and gray, that would be now. <laughs> For me, it had been a long time. Even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I, clear your, till I declare your power to the next generation. Thank God. Your might to all who are to come. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, God, that that was a defining verse for me in deciding mm-hmm. which churches I was going to go to. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. can can I go to a church that can reach uh, uh, the next generation? Amen. And, and Northwood did that. We started that. You're you're finished. You're doing it well. A, a lot better than I could because I was old and worn out. But <laughs> uh, but the, but I think having a life verse, a ministry verse, a passion verse helps keep us uh, on focus. It mm-hmm. keeps us on target. And reminds us and reminds us of who we are mm-hmm. and what we're supposed to be about. If somebody, you know, we're talking to people that aren't necessarily pastors. Somebody's out there, and they say, "Well, how do they go about it? Is it just seeking the Lord, and the, these verses pop out at them, or is it more? Is there something you would say they could do?" Well, you to know, all just of, look for these three things. All of ours are, are are verses that came to us in times when we were at, in deeply searching for something. We were trying yeah. to figure yeah. out where are we supposed to be, what are we supposed to be doing. You know, I was already in my thirties. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time to decide where you head with your life. Mm-hmm. You got a wife and two kids. You're trying to make up your mind right. how, how my Christian life is going to be, and that's how. And, and we got plugged into church. We started we, we started attending church. I was elected a deacon mm-hmm. in the church, which I got very involved, and that's when God then could make his will plain to us. And I think he gave us these Bible verses at a time of special yeah. need when we needed some direction. So it was the bio, so basically as you are in the word of God mm-hmm. and you're going through these situations, God's gonna reveal some things yeah. to you. It's that conviction that the word of God speaks to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah. so as you stay in the word, especially in those times when life is challenging or you're trying to discern God's will or calling on your life, staying in the word, God's gonna to speak to you through his word. He's gonna give you those sure. verses, those passages you need that motivate you and motivate you over the long haul, right? Not just in that moment, but over the long haul. And so it's not just having a life verse we're looking for. It's using the word of God to impact your life mm. instead of Pulling away from it, right. draw to right. it, you right. know. And over the long haul, if you want your uh, faith to be vibrant, continuing to grow, and to last, you gotta be there. You gotta be in the Word. And so I had those those verses were up there, and there were many times I wanted you leave church to go home. I'm quitting today, yeah. or yeah, uh, yeah for or, sure. or, or 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 I'm leaving my wife, or mm. whatever, yeah. whatever it might be. I'm yeah. not teaching anymore. Uh, you know what? Whatever the thing is. And then you hit that verse, and you look at those Bible verses, and you start reflecting. And you say, no, wait a minute. This is what God gave me to bring me to this place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's just always been a very uh, practical way sure. for me to determine what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, I think that leads us to the second thing we need to do, is that uh, we need to know what we can do and what we can't do. Right. One of the things I've noticed over the years, I've coached when I was at the state convention. I was director of pastoral ministries. I've coached hundreds of pastors. Even in my in my retirement, I'm not retired. I've, the next chapter for me is coaching pastors. I'm mm-hmm. coaching five pastors right now, 
and um, and 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 talking to them about how to stay uh, on on point and mm-hmm. how how to you know be there. Oftentimes, what I discover is they're just, they're discouraged, even church members. They're discouraged. They're ready to drop aside because they've gotten themselves involved in something that they're really not geared to do. Mm-hmm. If you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying, I've, I've had people disappear. You go visit them. When I started teaching that children's Sunday school class, and that's just not me. I did mm-hmm. it because there was a need, yeah. and I stepped up, and, and that's not who I am. Or um, I, I started getting involved in this particular ministry, and that's not where I could go. I, I have pastors. This happens almost every day. They'll say, I'm having a terrible time at church. And I'll say, they'll say, what's wrong with me? And I said, nothing's wrong with you. You're just in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you mm-hmm. just can't use your gifts and your strengths here. So mm-hmm. so one of the things I, I tell people, pastors, church members too, you, you need to know who you are mm-hmm. uh, deep, deep, deeply, and you need to know uh, what your calling is to do, what to be involved in so, so you can have some consistency mm-hmm. in your life ministry. So I teach people a couple of things. One is the strength finder. Mm-hmm. I went to the Gallup Institute and was certified as a certified strength coach. And so I tell people, let's find out what your strengths are. Mm-hmm. The, the Bible says, you know, David wrote in the Psalms that God knew him when he was in his mother's womb. God wow. wired him for life in his mother's womb. Exactly. And so our strengths are what we're born with. I also tell them the second part of that is you need to know what your spiritual gifts are. They're what come to us when mm-hmm. we're reborn. The, the strengths come when I'm born. The spiritual gifts come when I'm reborn, when That's I become right. a, a, new, a new person in Christ. And, um, and then the, the, the other two things I try to do with people is show them how do I have, understand what my mission in life is. Mm-hmm. So I, I use these two little books. One's called The Path by Laurie Beth Jones. It's creating your mission statement for work and life. Wow. It's not for pastors. It's for church people. That's awesome. Uh, the other one is by Richard Bowles, who I, I loved. He, he wrote a book called What Colors Your Parachute years ago, number one bestseller. And this one's called How to Find Your Mission in Life. And it's just t- two little small books to mm-hmm. help people understand what are you here for? Why, why did God put you here? We, we can link to those too. Yeah, we can well. put them in the show notes. Yeah. No doubt about it. That'd be no good. About it. But yeah, what you're saying though is so important, right? I mean, I know for me, uh, I am very confident in who God has made me to be. I, I know my gifts. I know my strengths. I know my passions. And so I, I strive to serve the Lord out of my passions, my abilities, and my gifts. If you put me somewhere uh, that is not in my gifts, gift setting or you know my, where my passions are, I'm just not going to do as well, mm-hmm. right? And so really knowing who you are in Christ and knowing how he's made you and how he's wired you, that really helps you over the long haul. Because I know for me, like you, Trey, and like you, Sonny, as well, um, I can't see myself doing anything other than what I'm doing because I know this is how I God agree. has created me and wired yeah, I agree. me, right? Mm-hmm. You when know, you I, take me out of that, I'm, I'm going to flounder. You know, I'm, I'm the connections pastor, and I told you more than once, I feel like I'm doing what God created me to that's do. Right. And I mean, it just energizes me, right, you know? Right, right, right. Well, and, and that's and the it's thing. obvious. It's obvious to everybody who is around you. <laughs> yeah, we for see sure, it. for sure. But that's the thing, right? I mean, it, it doesn't mean that, that you know, whatever your gifts and passions might be and your abilities, it doesn't mean it's not hard work. It's mm-hmm. hard work doing what you do. It's hard work doing what I do. It's hard work doing whatever you do, right? Right. But, but if you're serving out of your gifts and passions, that hard work, it does energize you. I go home every day tired. But, but satisfied exactly. that I've been yeah. living out the calling of God on my life. Yeah. And so I think what, what Sonny's given us is just some good advice, right? Amen. If you want to stay faithful over the long haul, then you really need to work on discovering how God has created you, what he's wired you to do, how he's gifted you, and serve out of that. So we're guided by Scripture to stay focused. We know what we can do and what we can't do. And then third, we need to talk about, I think, we need to have an accountability partner. I think so. I think, um, you know, most of us, you know, I have I have eyes that see things I want to see and mm-hmm. it, don't see things I don't want to see. Mm. 
And knowing the truth about myself has always been a very difficult, a difficult part of my life. My lead strength is called ideation. Ideation. I mean, ideation. I'm ideation. The, ideation. Tell I'm us the, about I, that. I'm the know. idea man. You're an oh, okay. idea man. I'm the oh, idea man. Okay. Thought you just made up a word on us. Ideation. No, that's that's. I want that's, that strength too. Ideation. It. Here it is. But but how many churches do you know like a bunch of new ideas? Yeah. None. So so I had to really be <laughs> on my guard about going to church. I had to get advice from people. Uh-huh. I had to have people in the sidelines who are going to advise me of what how I should be. Mm. My lead spiritual uh, spiritual gift is called faith, mm. which means I believe in the darkest hour when nothing else works. It's kind yeah. of like you're building a building, you need to raise a bunch of money, and you don't have any. Yeah, And everybody's saying, we can't do this. And Sonny's saying, we can do this. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So there are people in the sidelines who are there to advise and to coach and to tell you the truth about yourself that you might not be willing to hear anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I tell this all the time. I, I think I've mentioned it to you. The number one accountability partner is the assistant Holy Spirit. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's the woman who I live in the Amen. house with. I know. Mm-hmm. That's right. And when God needs to get to me, he uses her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, years ago, years ago, uh, I served on church staff with a guy named Kurt Bradford. Mm-hmm. And we, he was the worship pastor. I was the pastor at First Baptist Goose Creek. And he is what, the person I would call my accountability yeah. partner mm-hmm. outside of my, my relationship to my wife. He's the guy that can tell me, no, this ain't, this ain't this is not where you're supposed to be. Or he can tell me, no, here's what I'm thinking. Here's mm-hmm. what you need, you need to hear. And I just think having somebody to voice these things to you at times, especially when you're down, you don't see the, you don't see the best part of yourself mm-hmm. or, or you've seen the ugliest part of yourself in something, yeah. and you've got an accountability partner there to bring you back to, bring you back to normal again, bring you back to, to, to where you need to be standing. Yeah, I, I would say I have an accountability partner too, somebody I've known since college. I can bounce things off of them anytime. Without fear of judgment, they're going to say something, you know. So it's all, it's huge. It's huge to have that going on. It's always a blessing. Yeah. So the thing about accountability partners is, you know, I think we all know that we need people in our lives we can be accountable to, but we sometimes struggle to find that person, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and so so I guess the encouragement for, for those of you who are listening is, man, if you want to have that accountability in your life, you're going to have to take some risk in your life. You're going to have to put yourself in some places where you can actually be around some believers that can pour into you and and actually get to know them, right? I mean, I think about uh, the, the men in my life who uh, God has used mm-hmm. to help me to grow. It, it all came because I was open to have relationships. Mm-hmm. I was open to put myself in a small group or to build a relationship with this guy. And I mean, it didn't happen overnight. Over time, those those men who are in my life that helped to hold me accountable, those relationships grew into that accountable relationship. And so just being willing to put myself in that position to let people speak into my life, right? And I think, you know, with accountability, I think you have to trust the person you're talking to. Right. And that's going to talk to you, you know. Mm. So I got in you. that way, it's you know, it's a trust situation. So One of the things I've discovered over the years, especially about pastors, pastors by and large i think i think all the all the research will hold this up pastors by and large are very lonely people mm, can be they, yes. they just in in a big way don't have somebody they can confide in somebody they can uh, tell their their actual feelings to sometimes they can, they don't even feel like they can tell their wife because of issues in the church and um, you know that could could be dangerous even uh, harmful for mm-hmm. her spiritual mm-hmm. life and so uh, it's a lot of the pastors, they'll say, I, I'll say, you need to have an accountability partner. And they'll say, well, I don't have any, any idea wow. who, who to find for that. Yeah. And they, they have to shoulder things alone and by themselves. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, of, well, course, of course, their answer is Jesus is enough. I'm saying, yeah, but Jesus put other people yeah, yeah. In, in your life. Would finding a good friend be maybe the first step? Maybe even before you get, if they're in that situation and people are listening right now, probably say, I don't even know how to get to that point. Maybe they just need to find a good just friend. A friend. Right. Yeah, just find someone, just start hanging out with people. Be around people that yeah. will speak truth into your life. I mean, that's just where you start, right? And, when because, we say a good friend, we're talking about Christian. Yeah, you know, we uh, want right, Christian right, friends. right. Not the guy who's, uh, you know, bar hopping every weekend. <laughs> we're talking about the guy who is faithful to his family, faithful to the Lord. Those are the kind of people you need to put yourself around. And as you put yourself around those kinds of people on a regular basis, those relationships, I think, are naturally going to form. And, mm-hmm. and reality is, I mean, it's not just pastors. I think it is an you know, epidemic of pastors. But, I mean, I, I just know so many people that just don't have close friends. Oh, right? Right. We, yeah. we isolate ourselves from each other or whatever the case may be. We're just not as, will, as willing as we need to be to put ourselves in a place where we can develop those friendships and i know for me just over the course of my life i i I can't imagine where my life would be right now if i did not have some close friends who've been speaking into my life over the years. Completely agree. Completely agree. And I I, honestly, I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people go through life without those close knit relationships. I mean, it's been, it's been, you know, the lifeblood for me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, I, I think that is so helpful in, in going over the long haul is just having those close relationships that sustain you, that feed you, that nourish you, that mm-hmm. push you. I mean, accountability. I mean, it's just so critical if you're going to make it over the long haul in your faith. And, 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 and because I know this from experience, and you know it too, Trey, and you know it as well, Sonny, is that those people who do not have those close-knit relationships, who aren't connected to the, the faith family, who aren't connected to a small group, who aren't connected to you know a brother or sister in Christ— uh, they're going to find themselves walking away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. They're going to find themselves in sin. They're going to find themselves not faithful. We've talked about a million times, right, that that our faith was intended to be lived in community. And then people that don't, they say, yeah, I hear you, but not me. Mm-hmm. I won't be that person. And unfortunately, we have seen them over and over again oh, yeah. become that person. And it, yeah. and it touches more than just going to church. It touches your marriage. It That's touches right. everything, That's right. parenting, everything. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, Sonny, you wrote a book uh, that I've read called Finish Period. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that influenced you in the writing of it and then influenced others? Well, I don't know how it influences others. I mean, it was a, you know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't an international bestseller. It influenced <laughs> me because yeah. it, it got me to study. And I got to study the idea of going the long haul. Mm-hmm. And uh, people started talking to me when I was in my maybe 64 years old, a year before I retired, and they started saying, you know, you need to finish strong, you need to finish well. Mm. And all of a sudden, the numbers of people who were dropping out, leaving, uh, and and so finish well, finish strong wasn't my call anymore. Mm -hmm. My call now was finish, period. And I saw a video about that. This guy, he ran in a race, and, and, and all these people ran in this race. And at the end, they were packing everything up. And so around the corner came this one old guy, mm. old fat guy. Mm. His mm. knees mm. were bleeding. Mm. His knees were uh. bleeding. He was sweating like a dog. But he was going to finish that race. And they put the, they put the finish line back up. They, and I, I called that company and asked uh-huh. them, I want to use this video. And they gave me permission. I got uh-huh. written permission to use it. And it's just the most inspiring thing. And, and that was me. That was the fat guy on the run <laughs> trying to get to the finish line. Amen. Well, and, you made uh, it, man. You made it. You, you did finish, I don't period. Know. And you finished well. And, and we're appreciative of that and just what we'll do in uh the the notes for this podcast we'll link to sunny's <laughs> book and and it is a great read very inspiring and yes, very encouraging yes, and, and you also have a blog that you write daily what's your website address for your the blog? website is www.finishperiod.com all small letters the yeah. only dot in it is dot com very right. inspirational and very encouraging for sure 
Well, this has been a great, great uh, time to just Thank reflect you, and to look forward to. You know, Thank being you. faithful is about looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Pastor Sonny, we appreciate you Thank being you. here yeah, so you. much, and God has used you in great ways, and we thank the Lord for that. Pastor Tommy, why don't you close us up and just uh, get us going for the uh, this next week coming up. Yep. So I hope this has been a blessing to you today. Hey, here's what we want for you more than anything. We want you to finish, period, and we want you to finish well. And there, right. there's no reason why you cannot. And I think for me, it is super helpful to have guys like, like Trey and Sonny who have gone before me, who are finishing well, and, and having role models that I can look toward and say, yeah, I can do that. I, in the power of Christ, I can finish well like they did. And, and you can too. And so we hope this is encouraging you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, uh, to do whatever it takes to finish your life well in the center of God's will. And so if this podcast has been a blessing to you today, share it with somebody. If you have not done it already, go ahead and do it. Hit the subscribe button on uh, your podcast provider so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. And we hope as always, that this episode of the podcast has helped you connect faith to life.